Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you so much for your word. Uh, We thank you that you are a God who is not silent, but you've spoken to us clearly and you speak to us in the pages of Scripture. Father, please give us great understanding now that we would respond to your word uh, by obeying the Lord Jesus and bringing him honour and glory. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Please take a seat. And please turn to 1 Thessalonians, the passage that Mick read for us before. Uh, this is our third in our, our series as we work our way through this letter. And today we're looking at uh, the passage that Mick read for us. Well, back in 2009, Caroline was on university exchange in France, uh, and my parents had done an exchange with a parish in England. Uh, I decided to spend five weeks travelling around the UK and hopefully Europe. Uh, My plan was to travel to Paris to meet Caroline there and propose to her. You know, the Eiffel Tower, that kind of thing. I thought it sounded quite good. Well, at that Christmas, there was a massive snowstorm in Europe. Uh, The big freeze, they called it. It dominated the headlines in England. Now, the normal news was dominated by it, the sport news was dominated by it, and the weather, well, as you can imagine, it was dominated by the snowstorm too. And the big debate in England was whether they should invest in better snowplows. And the outcome was, no, because it doesn't snow here very often, even though the next season it did the same thing again. Well, the big freeze meant that the train across to Paris wasn't working. So I couldn't get across to see Caroline, and consequently I didn't end up proposing to her in Paris. But as you can work I work out I did eventually propose to her. <laughs> well, I wonder whether you've longed to see someone, uh, but you've been prevented because of circumstances. Well, that's what happened with Paul and the Thessalonians in our passage today. See what Paul writes from verse 17 of chapter 2. But brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. Now Paul longs to see the Thessalonians. We know that he spent just three weeks with them, sharing the good news about the Lord Jesus with them before he was booted out of the city. And and it had been a year since he's heard how they are going. During those three weeks, many turned from their idols to put their trust in Jesus. Paul's longing is to see these brothers and sisters in Christ whom he loves. His love for them is born out of their union with him in Christ. And what's his hope for them? What's his source of joy 12 months on? Verse 19. He writes, For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. Paul's source of joy 
is that these Thessalonians have found life in Christ. They've had their sins forgiven by his death and they have the certain hope of heaven. Paul longs to see them because his joy would remain if they are still in the faith. Now having seen them come to faith in Christ, his hope for them is that their trust is still in Jesus. Where do you find the most amount of joy in life? Now I find great joy whenever the Wallabies win, and there hasn't been much joy in that department of late. I find great joy whenever my boys do or say something funny. What about you? What gives you the greatest amount of joy? What gives Paul the greatest amount of joy? It's seeing people come to know the risen Lord Jesus, isn't it? For surely come the end of someone's life, that's the only thing that will count for eternity. Our number one need is to have our sins dealt with, to have our sins forgiven, And that's found only in Jesus Christ, in his death and resurrection. If our trust is not in him, we will meet a holy God unprepared. And we will not spend eternity in heaven with him. Paul's great joy is found in these Thessalonians who, having heard the gospel, we're told in chapter 1, turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and who are waiting for their Saviour, Jesus, who'd been raised from the dead. Jesus, the only one who could protect them from God's wrath. Well, that's how Paul left them a year ago. But we know that life isn't easy for these Thessalonians. Trusting Jesus, it's far from convenient for them. Paul left them in a city where worshipping the gods was socially acceptable. Mount Olympus, uh, the mountain where the 12 Greek gods were believed to live, uh, shadowed the whole city. Worshipping the gods was socially acceptable. Worshipping this man, Jesus, exclusively? Far from acceptable. So Paul's concern is to see them in the hope they are still trusting Christ. Well, Paul can't get to see them. So he sends his co-worker, Timothy. Why? What's Timothy going to do? Well, verse 2 of chapter 3 tells us that Paul sends Timothy to strengthen and encourage them in their faith. Paul knows the suffering they would be experiencing if they are still following Jesus. Paul's experienced it himself. He knows that it's pretty hard to keep on going and not to give up. It would certainly be easier to. Easier to stop confessing Jesus as Lord and the only sufficient Saviour. The persecution for their faith would stop. Paul knows then that to keep on going in your faith, you need other believers to encourage you. 
to say to you, keep on going. It's worth it. Jesus is worth any amount of suffering that will come your way. Paul's love for these Thessalonians sees him longing to see them, to spur them on. But because he can't get to them, his love sees him sending Timothy to encourage them. It's pretty tough going being a Christian on your own. Especially tough going uh, as the society around you increasingly turns away from God. And so what an encouragement to meet with your church family to encourage one another to press on in faith. And that's why coming to church is a wonderful source of encouragement to your brothers and sisters in Christ. In fact, when you become a Christian, you enter a family. A family whom you're united to by your faith in Christ. You're you're committed to them. And so your love for your brothers and sisters in Christ sees you not keeping to yourself, but seeking what is best for them. And that's that they go from strength to strength in their faith. And that's what Paul and Timothy do here. Their concern is for the spiritual health of these Thessalonians. And so they go to inquire of their progress. And what does Timothy find when he gets to Thessalonica? Well, what he finds provides a wonderful amount of joy for Paul. Timothy brings back the good news of their faith and love. We're told they long to see Paul just as Paul longs to see them. They long to see him because he brought them the message, the news that has radically transformed their lives. He brought them the word of God which gave them new life in Christ and which has moulded and shaped them to be more and more like Jesus over the past 12 months. Paul's excitement here is a little bit like a kid when they've unwrapped a present. They want to tell everyone the news, don't they? And what's Paul's excitement? Verse 8 of chapter 3. For now we really live, since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? I'm very challenged by what Paul writes here. And I wonder whether our love for others is such that our greatest joy comes from seeing them find forgiveness and new life in Christ and staying strong in their faith. You see, I wonder, what do we hope for for our loved ones? Our children, our siblings, our friends. I hear many people speak proudly of their children in the sense that they have a good job, they've bought their own home, they're they're well-mannered. Is that what Paul is joyful for here? 
Does he long to see the Thessalonians to see that they have a privileged position in society? That well-paying jobs and a nice home. No, he doesn't, does he? Because all those things pale into insignificance compared to knowing salvation in Jesus. What do we hope for, for our loved ones? What do I hope for my kids? Well, part of me hopes they grow up, get a good job, buy a nice home. But what does any of that matter if they're not trusting in Christ? If Jesus matters to me more than anything else in the world, if I'm convinced he's boss of this world and the only saviour, If I truly believe that trusting in him is the difference between heaven and hell, what is my hope for my kids, my greatest source of joy? Well, surely it's that they turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom God raised from the dead, The only one who can protect us from God's coming wrath. Well, what does Paul do in response to hearing such news? Well, towards the end of our passage, he talks to his heavenly father. Verse 11. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Paul gives thanks and he prays in response to such news. He prays three things. At first, that he might see the Thessalonians to encourage them in their faith. He prays that they might encourage one another. Secondly, he prays that their love for one another would increase. We know that this is a distinctive mark of God's people. Jesus said that people would know we are his disciples by the love We have for one another. Finally, he prays that their faith would be strengthened. Why? Because it's only by faith in Christ that they will be found holy and blameless in the sight of God when the Lord Jesus comes again. Do your prayers look like this? Do my prayers look like this back in verse 9 Paul is so thankful to God for the faith of these Thessalonians and he prays for their spiritual welfare this is my prayer for all of us I find great joy in seeing your faith in Christ go from strength to strength As you continued to turn from the idols of this world to serve the true 
and live in God and to find your hope in Christ alone. Now I pray that we would continue to meet together and be so committed to one another that we see the great importance of meeting together to encourage one another. I pray that our love for one another would be such that others would see our love and be drawn to Jesus. And I pray that we would cling to Christ through all the ups and downs of life. So that when our life draws to a close or Jesus returns, that we would be welcomed home to heaven. These are certainly the prayers of a pastor, but I hope they're also prayers that you'll pray for each other and for those who do not yet know the Lord Jesus. A few years ago I was having a conversation with a mate from indoor cricket and I was asking him about his children. He shared with me what his kids were doing And then he said, oh, Nick, they're good kids. They're well-mannered. That's all you can really hope for, I guess. As Christians, we know that there's far more that we can hope for. We know a treasure more precious than anything else. Jesus. And so, what do we hope for others? That they be found in Christ. That they'd know eternal safety in him alone. And that they'd be sharing this good news with others. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, we thank you so much for the precious treasure of the gospel. And Father, we pray that our hope for others, our greatest source of joy, would be seeing them. Turn from idols to serve you, the true and living God, that their hope will be found in the Lord Jesus alone. And we pray this in his name. Amen.